Award season tends to include familiar names, and by now Chloe Landers should ring a bell for most New England soccer followers. If you don't know her, it's no exaggeration to call her Connecticut through and through. She won a Connecticut Class LL state championship with Glastonbury last fall, is part of a really impressive U19 Connecticut FC ECNL team, and is also a member of UConn's incoming freshman class. Capable of playing in defense or midfield, she's an All-American and recently took home Gatorade State Player of the Year honors in Connecticut. All those accolades might cause a rising college freshman to feel a sense of hubris, but it's everything but that for Chloe. We talked her soccer roots in the region, advice to younger players, and much more during our latest podcast. This also comes one episode after we connected with Kamari Hathaway, the Gatorade State Player of the Year in Massachusetts on the boys' side, so be sure to scroll back in the archives if you haven't found that yet. Before getting into our interview with Chloe, check us out online at anysoccerjournal.com, where you'll find daily content on the New England soccer scene. Right now, you can get an all-access plan, which includes unlimited access to our daily website, plus every issue of our print magazine delivered straight to your home, office, or dorm for $79.99. It's simple. Just log on to anysoccerjournal.com and click on the subscribe button to find the subscription plan that's right for you. Now, let's get into it. Hey, everybody. We are here with Chloe Landers, an incoming freshman at UConn who was recently named the Connecticut Gatorade Girls Player of the Year. Thanks for coming on, Chloe. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Just to start off would be we're connecting in, of course, an unprecedented yeah. time um, where so much in the soccer world has changed in these last few months and our sense of normalcy has shifted mm-hmm. so drastically. What has this been like for you as a player? How has your lifestyle really changed to adapt to these unforeseen circumstances? Yeah, of course, I agree. It's kind of um, a crazy time for everybody, but I've actually enjoyed it. I've enjoyed kind of like being able to like work out on my own schedule. So obviously like UConn sent out that big um, workout packet. So I was able to follow along with that. Um, My sisters and I have been doing a lot of workouts together, especially since school finished about a month ago for me. Graduation actually for high school, I graduated in my driveway. My school decided to do like they decorated a school bus and then my principals followed the school bus and it was this big thing they came to my house so that was pretty cool but I guess you know you kind of just take it day by day to really focus on getting ready for the fall season this year. You mentioned the workout packet I remember getting that going into my (laughs) freshman year and there's some nerves always with that when you see the fitness tests and what's required what was that like when you got it? I was actually more excited than nervous because it came at a time you know I was kind of getting like bored with quarantine, kind of ready to mix what I was doing, mix it up a little bit. So I, I was more excited than like, oh my gosh, you know, it just got me super excited to get going. There's all different ways that workouts, on-ball stuff, off-ball stuff have evolved. Do mm-hmm. you have access to a field? Have you been able to go to a local high school, that type of thing? Yeah. So actually I'm very lucky. Our turf field at the, at Glastonbury High School was closed for a little bit. Um, but then they have opened it up, so it's been super nice. And yes, our backyard, we do, <laughs> we have done some workouts out there. And actually, a few years ago, um, my dad had installed a kick wall in our basement. So um, when those cold, rainy days come around, you know, we always got space down there too. Yeah, and then I, I just wanted to reference really your your club season too, because I know it's something mm-hmm. that 
you all in the Connecticut FC oldest UCNL team are, are very close and a lot of girls going off to special places, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Georgetown, et cetera. The list is really impressive. What has this been like for you all? Because you sadly never got that last club season that everyone really looks forward to. I mean, I'd imagine there's, yeah. it, it's emotional. It has to be. Yeah. Um, we actually got to play two games and, and that was it. But, you know, it's kind of hard to see each other with quarantine and everybody living in um, different towns. So, you know, it, it has been sad. And I was really looking forward to the spring season because it's just so fun playing with that group of girls. We really kind of grew up together at club. Like that was, that's like our squad. And so and it really, it's a bummer that we didn't get to play, but we've all stayed connected in different types of ways. And CFC has recently opened back up. So it's been nice following all the guidelines and stuff. So I have gotten to see their faces for a little bit now. Okay, so it's not a 100% cold goodbye. It's, a, yeah. it's just a different, <laughs> different part of that. I mean, you mentioned playing with these girls for a long time. I mean, how, how long has this group been together? Because oftentimes you hear about, oh my God, it goes back to the U12, U11 years even. So. Yeah. I, um, I don't know exactly, but I think it's been at least the past like three, three years that we've been together. So I think it's been, yeah, I mean, for me, that's a long time to get to know a group, you know, it's kind of like high school, it's not the whole four, but I think it's been the past three years. Definitely. And one other part of this too is you saw, I'm sure many of your teammates or your, your classmates rather at Glastonbury, unfortunately not get a spring season um, that they were holding out hope yeah. for, but conversely, and there is, there is a little sense of feeling fortunate, I'm sure that a fall season was able to proceed. And you, of course, were able to have a very memorable one, winning a state championship in your senior season. Just wanted to take a moment to reflect upon that. Well, what was that group like, that dynamic? Um, I mean, there's no other better way to go out on top than that. Yeah, they, we, I would say we put in a lot of hard work, like starting, you know, starting in the summer, we, we started and we kept going like that was, that was kind of like our team tendency this year you know we'd always kind of start off with a rough first half but that didn't mean we were going to give up in the second half so I think that showed in the final game because that's in the semifinal game because that's when we scored both in the second half so I think that kind of showed like who we were like we pushed through to the end and that group of girls was just awesome like girls in my senior class I've known playing soccer since like sixth and seventh grade so it was so so nice to go out like that with that group. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to do that. And there was no, no COVID happening at that time, you know, so it was yeah. nice. As you mentioned, playing with these girls for, for so long, and uh, I don't want to get too far down a rabbit hole, but there is that <laughs> conversation that is around soccer circles so often about the high school versus the year round model merits and saying 10 months with a team versus high school and then shifting into club. You've of course been in that ladder group. What did you take from just having high school soccer being a part of your upbringing in this sport? I mean, I'd imagine you wouldn't change it for anything. Uh, no, I would not. No, I could never. I The community here and the community that surrounds high school soccer is just, you can't trade that for the world. Like, it's it's been amazing, and I'm so happy that, you know, I got to grow up here for those four years of high school, and it's been great. And I honestly you know, I have those two teams. I have that connection with my high school team and those girls there. And I have that with my club team. So I get double the fun. Like it's, it's so much better for me in my opinion. Yeah. And as you mentioned, the Glastonbury roots too, 
Um, of course, your dad is very involved in the, the Glastonbury soccer community. That's one way to put it. Uh, of course. Take us into that soccer family, though, because I think it's something where people might not know it too much if they don't know the Landers family intimately. So yeah. where does it stretch to in terms of grandparents, siblings? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a pretty long tree if we're looking at the full scope of it. Yeah, it is. And it's not just Mark yet, you know. So his dad, actually, I call him Gramps. And I think um, my dad's players call him Papa Landers because he stops by practice sometimes, which is kind of cute in my opinion. But so he was really big in the soccer world as well. So my dad grew up with his brother and his sister. And his brother has um, recently passed in 2008. But they both you know, came up, they were playing sports, 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 you know, and so his brother, actually, my uncle got into it. He played, um, he had a son, Ryan, who actually just graduated from Marist. He played soccer for the high school. So it's been me, my dad, Gramps, Ryan, Bill, and even my sisters now, my two sisters. So they, they're rising sophomores. They play for the high school as well, and they do play for CFC. So it, it is pretty lengthy, in, in my opinion, but Honestly, again, like I, it's been so nice growing up with that support and that understanding from my family because they know, they know so much about soccer. So I just gained so much from them looking up to them. Was it always destined to be soccer? Meaning, I don't know. I mean, let's say you wanted to have basketball be your sport or something, or was it always, maybe not pressure, but I think it might just be something where you always grew up around it. So you just naturally gravitated towards it. Yeah. Um, I think as I got older, you know, I was kind of like, oh, you know, growing up like around soccer, I definitely gravitated towards it. There is no like forceful pressure around it. But when I was really young, you know, gymnastics, dancing, basketball, you know, those were, those were, um, other sports that were included into my childhood and I actually kept going with basketball until freshman year of high school so next to soccer I think I like basketball the most and when was it do you think that you became really fully committed and serious about soccer because I feel like Mm -hmm. for every player at a high level there is that moment where you have to say okay this is what I really want to commit to and sometimes there are some sacrifices along the way that you have to put some things on the back burner so what Mm -hmm. was that like for you when that switch maybe went off a little bit? Yeah, um, I think that switch went off when like travel got a little bit more serious. So like when we were out traveling for different games, like in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, wherever that was, and like the showcases were happening as well. I think that's when the switch went off and it was like, yeah, I think it's time to really zone in and focus on soccer and, you know, focus on that so I can try to be the best that I can be. Obviously, as that progression unfolds, the recruiting conversation becomes natural. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of view those recruiting conversations unfold? Was there pressure? Was that something you were comfortable with? I was actually a little bit nervous, you know. Understandably, yeah. Yeah, you're talking to all these like big time coaches a little bit. So it's obviously a little bit nerve wracking. Um, But honestly, like I'm so happy with my decision. I can't wait to start in the fall because there's going to be some sort of season. But I think, you know that they changed those rules to, I think, I'm not exactly sure, but junior year they can start being recruited. Yeah, I think it's that. I mean, I think that's a good move so no one feels the pressure like eighth grade freshman year, which I've heard some girls committing eighth grade. Um, But I think that, you know, that that was a good move just to kind of be like, you know, mature a little bit, get older, know what you really want to do. For your college decision going to UConn, 
you don't have to go very far, although I'm sure that's not the only reason why the decision was made. Uh, what's that pride element perhaps of it? Because you're able to be a part of a pretty prestigious soccer program at the mm-hmm. high school level. You've been part of Connecticut FC uh, and you're going to UConn. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's a local soccer upbringing. And I'm curious to hear what that'll be like playing for this flagship school in the state. Yeah, I mean, already, like, you know, we've gotten to know some of the players and obviously the coaches, and I just, it's just so heartwarming that they are so accepting and ready and just ready to get us freshmen in and be a team, be a family, and I think that, I don't know, it's kind of like the same community as, like, high school almost, you know, you have that support, you have that community, and UConn is obviously, like, a really big school, so there's that community behind it, too, and I think, you know, my family would love it, because they're going to be able to drive not far to come see some games, so I think, I'm really excited, they seem, like, so much like a family, like, kind of high school was, like, you know, we're all one, we're all together, and I'm just really excited for it, I can't, I can't wait. Yeah, and I know this is really the first, if I'm not mistaken, um, true recruiting class that Coach Rodriguez, Margaret Rodriguez, is able to bring in. Have you gotten to know those girls a little bit more at, at, at Jada Bedoya, um, et cetera? I mean, these these must be players that you grew up playing against your whole life around here. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. I met one of the freshmen that committed to UConn in, in my class after a soccer game because we had just played our team. So, you know, like – that's just awesome to me. You know, you're playing against these girls, so you kind of know who and what they're like. And then we're able to connect off the field too. Like we've stayed in touch through social media as well. And I'm so grateful just to be going. I think in my opinion, we're already all so connected. So I think that's really a big advantage for us too. You know, we already have that um, family ties together. So I think that'll be great. Yeah, and although you haven't officially put on a UConn jersey yet, mm-hmm. um, what do you think that moment will be like where, I mean, it's something where there's the anticipation, there's the years long waiting. Finally, fingers crossed this fall if health and safety measures allow with COVID mm-hmm. and you'll be able to realize that moment. Yeah. I think it'll just be really like, yeah, I'm here and yeah, I'm ready to go. You know, it's finally like being able to start the, these college years of playing and I, I can't, I just can't wait, you know, I can't wait to get there and I can't wait to start. And one other part of this too, and we mentioned, you've been able to get a lot of awards, um, whether that's locally, that's regionally, um, mm-hmm. you know, the soccer coaches won Gatorade award, uh, local papers, et cetera. I mean, we're, we're connecting as well. How do you take that in stride? Because you're a teenage girl and I mean, there's natural mm-hmm. pressures that come with that. It's, it's difficult. W- what do you think has been key to navigating that when others might be a little daunted by it? So for me, you know, I don't work hard to get the next award. You know, I work hard to be a better teammate for my teammates and I work hard to be better for the team as a whole. I'm not really there, you know, like, oh, what award is this? What award is that? You know, so I, I, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful. You know, I don't think, how can you not be, you know? So I've been really honored and really thankful for everything that I've been recognized for. But, you know, I just try to be a better teammate you know, for everyone on that team and try to better the team as a whole. It's not defining. It's more of just a, okay, here's a nice recognition and we keep going. Yeah. Of, of course I take the time to you know recognize it, you know, I'm not just like, Oh, this happened. Like, see ya, you know? So I think I do take it day by day a little bit, you know, you take the time, you're like, 
very grateful for what I have been recognized for. And then, you know, it's like, okay, now on to the next practice because we got to keep moving, you know. I'm sure it's inevitable that younger players to some degree might look up to you as a rising or incoming college freshman. That might be a weird thing to think about. Mindful of that, I was hoping you could maybe offer some advice to younger players. What do you feel has really powered your success, driven you to what you've been able to accomplish through this game? I think, you know, definitely for people who are a little bit younger, you know, you've got to have fun with it. Like you, you have to know that you're going to be able to have fun with soccer because when the serious moments come, you don't want to be like, this is not fun. This is not what I want. So I definitely think that as a younger player growing up, being able to have fun with the game of soccer, being able to just have a great appreciation for it, I think that'll really help in the long run because then you're not trying to burn yourself out too early with going hard, staying focused, all the all the big things, you know. So I think having fun and having fun with your friends and teammates, whoever's on your team, your coaches, having a good relationship with them as well, having fun at the end of the day. Like I know it's kind of cliche, but it's so important, I think. And definitely, you know, wanting to put in that work, you know, you're going to want, there's going to be times you're like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this, you know, but definitely staying focused, you know, knowing yourself, knowing your body, being conscious of a lot. I think, as you mentioned, having fun with it. I mean, that's probably the most important thing, although so simple. I mean, because you hear so often about players who they're doing it because sadly, maybe a parent wants them to, Mm -hmm. or they feel the pressure to be enjoying this, but they're really not. I mean, I think that's just something that I'm sure has really guided you where at the end of the day, you're just trying to have fun with this game. Yeah. And I think I, I think I have like in the past, like all my teammates, we've just had fun. Like, you know, practice is fun. It can be fun and it can be serious, but you need to have both because then you're not going to want to be there. You're not going to want to play. You're not going to want to work hard. And you just feel like this is not for me, you know? So definitely have fun at the end of the day, you have to have fun with it. For sure. And one other part, too, is then the off-field component. There are so many little things that go into that, the sleeping habits, the eating habits, the moments where you might have friends who want you to go out um, on a Friday that you have a game Saturday morning and you're staying at home feeling like all my friends are having fun and I'm here getting a good night's sleep before the game. What do you feel is maybe most key for younger players off the field? And like I said, there are so many ways Mm -hmm. to take this, so feel free to take it however you wish. Yeah, um, you're definitely so right with like the sleeping habits. I'm a big sleeper, actually. All my friends kind of make fun of me for sleeping like 10 hours at a time, 10, 11, 12. Um, I've gained a greater appreciation for eating habits as well. Um, Just not no diets or anything, just being cognizant of um, what I've been eating, what I've been putting into my body and how that translates into how I'm performing when I'm working out. And, you know, there will be those times where, like, you think you're missing out on something and, you know, you feel left out or whatever. But in the end, like, that, what you, what goals you have, and if you feel like you're, like, lonely in the end, though, you're going to, it's going to pay off. Like, you're going to get there and it's going to be great. I, you know, I understand where that's coming from. And I'm, I'm happy where I'm going and what I have done and I can't be more grateful for it. And I think that's really great advice. And as we just kind of bring things full circle, I wanted to turn a page to a couple of kind of soccer specific ones. I mean, for those who have never been able to see you play or only know maybe a little bit about your soccer path. I mean, I know you're able to play 
play center back, play midfield, play in a few different mm-hmm. spots. Is there one place on the field that you feel most comfortable? Or is it maybe that versatility you think that is perhaps a strength of yours? Actually, growing up, my um, club coach had always said, like, your greatest strength if he is if you can be versatile. Like, if coach can be like, hey, I need to throw you in at left mid, and then she, she or he is me like, you need to go at center back now. I think that's a really great skill to have, being able to adapt like that. And for me, like – I don't want to hype myself up a little bit, you know, not really about that. I think it's a good strength, you know, for anyone to have, if you can be comfortable and ready and flexible with where coach might need you, you know, that's, that's, that's a really good strength. That's really good. That's a really good skill that you can have. Yeah. As you've had conversations with the UConn coaching staff as well. I mean, granted, none of it's a given. It all has to be earned in preseason, et cetera. We know how that goes, but any impression of maybe how you see yourself fitting in there I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but just want to look ahead for one moment. I definitely think that, you know, I'm going to be there to work hard. And if I need to play for two minutes or 20, you know, I'm going to take every minute like as it's the best thing ever, you know, so I'm going to be grateful for whatever happens. I'm there to work hard and, you know, be a great teammate for the team. And I just want to be able to, you know, hopefully make an impact and, make a good impression on everybody, you know, make some new friends too. Obviously staying local to go to UConn. Are there moments where you were going to UConn games when you were younger? It's, it's a new stadium um, as well, so it wouldn't be at the same exact stomping ground, so to speak, but are there memories you have of going to UConn games when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah so actually my dad and I would um, go the past few years of high school. You know, my mom would come, my sisters would come, you know, we'd get the Yukon Dairy Bar ice cream after some games too, you know, so I think it'd be really cool to see like me on that field, like looking up into, I know they're new, I know it's brand new, but you know, it's just nice, you know, like I was once a kid watching these games and here I am. And that's how high school was too. You know, I was a ball girl for the team and whenever some girl, ball went out of bounds you're like yeah here here's the ball like take yeah, it you're all nervous. Yeah, you're all you know nervous. so nervous because you know I looked up to all of them you know they're my heroes and that's how it is for UConn too so I finally get to be a part of something that I've dreamed of I try to always end on a, a fun slash unique yeah. so <laughs> is there something about Chloe Landers that most people don't know meaning an activity or a hobby that you're a big big fan of we were connecting last episode with Kamari Hathaway Turns out he's a huge acapella guy, uh, which I did not. Oh, that's so cool. Which I had no clue about. So is there, is there something about yourself that most people might not know when they might just think Chloe Lander's soccer, but there's more, there has to be more to it. Yeah, I mean, wow, this is kind of a tough question. I've never really like reflected on myself like this. Um, but, you know, I guess I just like to be around family and friends sometimes. Like I said, I guess one like weird quirk is that I can sleep for like 12 hours at a time. And that's kind of like a running joke with everybody that I know. Um, so I guess, you know, sleeping. Um, I love to go on bike rides in the morning with my grandfather. You know, we've just recently started that up in quarantine and he lives right across the street. So, you know, 9 a.m., 8 a.m., whatever. I see him out there. I'm like, oh, time to go, you know. So I enjoy doing that. Um, yeah, I guess I picked up reading again. I don't know. I kind of like to do a lot, not just one thing, you know. How old's your, your grandfather? That's cool to hear about that. Even I'm sure yeah. he's still out there doing this. Yeah. 
uh, late 70s, early, might be 80s soon. I'm not, <laughs> not really quite sure, but, you know, it's, it's nice that he's still able to be that active. You know, it's a pretty long bike ride in the morning. I'm, I'm tired by the end of it. I just want to extend again a big thank you for you coming on and learning a little bit more about your soccer path and advice towards younger players and mm-hmm. the next step, of course, at UConn, which I know comes with a lot of anticipation and excitement. But yeah. otherwise, hope you continue to stay safe, stay healthy during this, and looking forward to, fingers crossed, as much of a fall season as possible when school gets underway. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. As we close out our show, our Around the Pitch segment is brought to you by the Barca Residency Academy. Learn the unique Barca style of play, train in world-class facilities, and improve your technical and tactical skills while lodging at their premier sports campus. Up first is a wave of news with college soccer. As a recording, Amherst, Bowdoin, Williams, UMass Boston, Mount Holyoke, Wellesley, and Bunker Hill have all canceled fall sports 100%. They've been trying to figure out how to bring students back to campus during the COVID-19 pandemic, but ultimately deemed there was no feasible way to accomplish that. Some will still be doing practices of some kind, but they're not playing games this fall. So some of the region's biggest D3 programs aren't gonna be on the field whatsoever. Will others follow suit? We'll know more soon, but it's a massive story across all divisions and one we've been covering and will continue to do so at anysoccerjournal.com. Shifting to the pro game, the MLS's back tournament is dealing with the same issues. They're down in Orlando and what's been deemed a bubble, but positive COVID-19 cases keep on popping up. As of now, the Revolution are slated to begin Group C play July 9th against the Montreal Impact and then play DC United and Toronto FC with a round of 16 game on the line. Will those all get underway as planned? Truthfully, we don't know, but it's another huge story that we'll be following online at anysoccerjournal.com. Lastly, the Class of 2022 commits are starting to emerge. One of the early and higher profile ones comes via Boston College. They've landed a verbal commitment from Connecticut FC forward Sydney Sagala, whose older sister plays at West Virginia. Check out anysoccerjournal.com for continued recruiting coverage and email commits at anysoccerjournal.com with any updates. And that's been Around the Pitch is brought to you by Barca Academy. Secure your spot today by visiting barcaacademy.com camps and tell them New England Soccer Journal sent you. And that's a wrap. I want to give a big, big thank you to Chloe Landers for coming on, plus all of our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Jonathan Siegel, and you've been listening to New England Soccer Journal, a Siemens Media Podcast.